This is the YCA Podcast. This podcast is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In simpler terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. All right, so we have Coach Brett Fields here uh, from Cane Bay High School. This week, these guys have a big matchup against Goose Creek, quite possibly for a region championship. Uh, Brett Fields comes back to his alma mater, Cane Bay, after spending a year as the defensive coordinator at Cross High School. Previously, before that, he spent 10 years at Berkeley High School, and Coach Fields is one of the founding members of the YCA. What's up, Coach Fields? What's going on, Coach Willis? How we doing? Uh, it's good, man. You guys got a big matchup tonight, huh? Huge, huge, yeah, huge implications tonight. I know you guys are excited. Um, so I got a couple of questions here for you. I know that you got a busy day today, so we'll kind of get into those questions, and we'll let you go ahead and get back to what you got to do, okay? Sure, sure. All right, here we go. So um, obviously you're coming back to Cane Bay where you started. You were part of the the first graduating class at Cane Bay. So, as That's someone right. who was a part of the first graduating class at Cane Bay, what does it mean to you to be able to come back to your alma mater and coach there now? So, I think that come back is the biggest word or the biggest phrase there that I'm proud of. Um, first of all, I was able to go somewhere else at a pretty elite program in South Carolina at Berkeley High School first and kind of learn my own ways and not just stay at King Bay. Um, and to be able to come back and work with the varsity program and watch these younger kids come up kind of just how I did uh, back in the day is huge, you know. Um, I think a lot to be said to go start out, learn a different way, and then come back and implement what you learned and what the program already is there. So. I think it's huge to be able to come back and be one of the first people to come back just in general and coach with Cane Bay Cobras. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I, and I know obviously you and I have coached together at Berkeley. So I know the, the experience that you've gained there, you know, obviously negatives and positives. And Correct. it's just pretty cool for you to be able to come back and kind of implement your own kind of style and everything at Cane Bay now for those guys. That's awesome. Man. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, I know obviously you guys have a big game, uh, Friday's game is one that has huge region championship implications. You guys are both undefeated in the region so far. What would it mean to you to be a part of the school's first region championship? So um, I've been thinking about that a lot, um, really since I took the position here at Cane Bay as far as coaching. And I think it, it's huge, man. And it's great as a coach to be able to say you're part of it, but I keep telling my position group that this is huge for them. I mean, it's almost like an educational degree, right? People say that you can't, nobody can take that away from you. And that's what I've kind of been preaching to my position group really since we started region is you win a region championship. Nobody can take that from you. You can say you were the first group to ever do that in the Cane Bay football program, man. And uh, we were at the JV game last night and we had some position coaches we were kind of talking about it and they were kind of more excited about being a one seed in the playoffs and being able to play a four 
And I was kind of like, no, 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 guys. Like, you got to understand, region championship is huge, man. Uh, we were a part of three of those, right, Coach Willis at Berkeley? Yep. And, man, it's just a, it's a standard, Bo. I mean, it just it'll, it'll change your program when you start winning region championships and the expectations get higher. I mean, I could care less what seed we are, but to put that confidence in those kids, man, towards the end of the season is huge. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's – some people understate it, but I can't overstate it enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when I got down here to the low country, Berkeley had been through, you know, kind of some some turmoil and, and struggled a little bit. To be able to come in that first year when I was here, and obviously you were part of the staff as well, to win that region championship in year one of Coach Randy Robinson was, was pretty special. And, you know, I, I can't imagine – you know, even more so what it would be like to be at Cane Bay and to be a part of the first region championship like you're talking about. It's It's got to be something special for you, for the kids, for that community over there. And Right, you man. Know. I mean, just the excitement. Like, we've been sucking a bunch, you know, yeah. and a lot of the coaches over there have told me that, you know, we lose a big game in region and we'll lose some fans after that, you yeah. know. And that may not be the only region or reason, but, uh, I mean, I think, man, you just take that next step and compete for a region championship every year, you bring some excitement. I mean, it's just a – it's a standard, right? Football program's all about your standards and your core values. And if that's a standard for your program, man, the sky's the limit. Yeah, that's right, man. And you guys are trying to get over the hump. And, you know, obviously pulling for you guys, uh, it's going to be be a tough battle for you guys tonight. We'll kinda, I, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I got a couple of – you know, we'll kind of talk about that game here in a second. Um, just kind of moving on to the next question here – you know, you came back home. Obviously, it's something that a lot of people probably would do. But, you know, it was your first defensive coordinator position at Cross High School. So, I guess the question is, how difficult of a decision was it for you to leave your position as defensive coordinator at Cross to come back home to Cane Bay? So, I mean, first of all, I want to kind of preface this with um, I have nothing but respect for Coach Wright, Coach Sean Wright. Um, he gave me an opportunity as a young guy, 28 years old, to run his defense, man. And that's a guy who's won a state championship, okay? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of something that I kind of pride myself on is I'm only going to work for people that I respect, right? Yeah. So um, for him to kind of, you know, just let me have it, completely let me have it, um, let me ran with it. Um, in certain ways, he kind of let me be the assistant head coach and run some things, and I learned a lot. But, um, you know, people say you got to do things for your family first, right? And that's kind of funny because people are like, oh, well, you don't have any kids. You don't have any kids. But, um, I mean, honestly, man, it was a great opportunity for me to learn. I learned a lot. We struggled last year across, and I had to make a decision for my family when Coach Sarah gave me a, a call, an opportunity to come back. Um, it just made a lot of sense to come back and get back into five A ball, and man, I learned so much last year working in one A ball. And some of you hear these older guys that are like, "You haven't coached ball until you coach one A," and there is some <laughs> truth in that, right? Yeah. But I also think on the other side of things, if you haven't seen both sides, if you haven't seen twenty kids on a roster compared to eighty kids on the roster, you don't understand. You know, yeah. so I've had the opportunity to start in four or five A, you know, work my way up from B team to varsity position coach coordinator. And now I get to jump back in to be a position coach, you know, and still have my hand in game plan and all that. Yeah. But 
just to come back and be a position coach, man, in 5A, it's huge. You have a whole new perspective on things, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was it was very tough, but I had to um, I had to really sit down and think about it, and that's what I had to tell Coach Wright. It was tough, man. Um, I didn't want to leave those kids, and, man, they're doing amazing. I, I think they're giving up six points a game, you know, so they lost me, and they're doing better. So uh, I guess it's a credit to them, but the, those kids, man, that – that cross group, that's a tough group. They're going to be a tough out this year in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and, and you kind of transitioned to what I was going to ask next, talking about, you know, obviously you got your first defensive coordinator position, uh, you know, felt good about the direction you guys are going, and then this happens. I mean, and it's it's not anything to blame for anybody. Obviously, you, you did what probably 100% of people would do. Uh, the yeah. big thing for you, though, like as you've gone from defensive coordinator, you just talked about it, was going back to a position coach. So – Talk about the transition for you going from a coordinator to a position coach and, and maybe what have been some of the challenges for you making that adjustment? Um, you know, so all the cliche stuff that an older coach can tell you, um, there is some validity to it, right? So an older head coach will tell you, and ours, you know, I, I ain't afraid to say it. Randy Robinson has told us, me and you a bunch, that titles don't matter, right? Yeah. And um, you got to kind of do that from time to time in your career if you want to advance and uh, get out of your comfort zone a little bit. So um, I had to throw my ego aside doing this. Um, and especially seeing Cross having success, I could have took it the wrong way this year and been like, man, you know, I could have been a part of that. But I I mean, I feel, you know, so happy for the Cross High School football program in Cape Bay because we're doing well, they're doing well. Um, they're probably going to win a region championship down there. So that was a probably a negative, right? So I knew, I knew um, no matter what, that we were going to be better across. Uh, this year we had a great spring practice, and it was honestly after spring practice when I had to make the move. So the timing was terrible. Um, 100% the timing was terrible. And um, just putting your ego aside is probably a negative. Now the positive is when you come back in as a position coach, you see it in a whole new light, right? So there's things when you were position coach only, you were complaining about, man, I wish we would do this, or man, I wish, why don't we just do this, or you know what I mean? Or maybe you're you're a little bit more selfish. You're like, man, why don't why don't we just get out of practice early, or why don't we just do this, or man, I'm tired of this. But coming in from coordinator back to position coach, you you're worried about little things that the head coach is doing or how practice is organized or, you know, have we hit all of our parts of our game plan? Um, yeah. You know, and I think as long as you don't leave your coordinator role for a negative thing, like you've done something wrong or you didn't have success or whatever, it's a great opportunity to come back in. You kind of get refreshed, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of stress on you as a coordinator, if you do it the right way, you're always stressed out about your position group, you know, other position groups. So the positives are, you know, you come in with a whole new light and you can really hone in on your position group, right? When you go back to being a position uh, coach. Okay. So I coached the defensive line this year. Um, it's just the position group that was open and I treat them like they're my own football program. Right. Yeah. So, you know, coach there does a great job of letting me kind of run with it on the defensive line and I treat them like they're my football program. So we run things, you know, a certain way and to the standard that I want. So a lot of pros and a lot of cons. There's pros and cons with everything, right? Yep. Um, but it's it's been a it's been a fun adjustment. Okay. There's been less stress overall and 
it's fun just to hone in and get back to fundamentals and basics of just one position group. Yeah, and that's uh, you make a good point right there. I like the way you put that. You know, being the head coach of your position, it's and it is tough. Like a lot of people, you know, do chase titles and and, and want to be coordinators. One hundred percent, all day long, people chase titles. Yeah, so um, I mean, it's it's got to be tough. Obviously, yeah. uh, you know, it, it helps when you go back home to a place that that you know you have comfort being at and you know a lot about and, and you're excited to be at. Absolutely. And, and uh, you get like I said, you guys kind of y'all got to you know, rocking and rolling. Like you said, you, you guys have been second a lot in the past, and, and they've been second when, when we were at Berkeley. We, we beat those guys in region championships and stuff like that. And, Absolutely. And now you guys have a chance to play the defending, you know, three-time defending region champion in Goose Creek, who they played a pretty tough schedule early on and, and kind of struggled out the gate, but have kind of started hitting their stride here lately. Uh, so kind of the last question before we let you go, just, just regarding the matchup Friday against Goose Creek, Give, give us some of your keys to a victory for the Kane Makeovers. So, all right, so I'm a defensive coach right now, and um, I've 100% put it all on our offense this week. I've been giving them hell about, <laughs> you know, if y'all just have 18 play drives and Coach Zaire's done the same thing, he's a defense guy, he's still our defense coordinator, and we put a lot on their plate, right? So all we have to do is kind of show up and don't let them behind us, but – uh, no, in all reality, um, we really do have to minimize explosive plays on defense, Bo. I mean, they're scary, man. One in five is nothing right now. You can throw that out the window Yeah. for Goose Creek. They're uh, rocking and rolling. I mean, they just went toe-for-toe toe with Fort Dorchester, who arguably is our most elite program down here in the low country. Yeah. I mean, they were up. Goose Creek was up 14-0 as well, and then tied at the half 24-24. So, um I mean, I hope those kids aren't seriously hurt, but it would be nice if they're a little banged up after a physical game. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, honestly, man, defensively is all I really want to speak of, and we got to minimalize explosive plays. These cats spread you out like Baylor. It's a lot like that Baylor-type offense, Yeah. you know, at the high school level, and um, they're looking for shot plays. They're looking for big plays. And, unfortunately, we've given up. Um, big runs and big passes the past three or four games just because of dumb mistakes or sheer luck, right? So that's something we've worked on all week in practice. Um, you know, a key to us as well is being the better team on special teams, right? So coaches have this coach talk about all three phases, but it's the truth, man. I mean, if if we can make an explosive play on special teams and really just hold them to two or three yards of per turn and you know what I mean? No stupid mistakes on special teams. That's going to be huge for us. Um, but, man, overall, we've got a huge challenge, okay, um, offensively and defensively. They are big. They're fast. Um, up front, they are pretty physical. Their wide receivers are honestly studs. Um, some higher-level competition that we haven't played yet. So we've got a huge challenge. I mean, yeah, we're 5-1. and one. They're 1-5. and five. And I think that's why there's not been a lot of um, – what what's the word I'm looking for? Not been a lot of uh, hype yeah. on this game. This yeah. is a huge game tonight. Um, scary game. You know, and we have a work day today. So these kids aren't even with us today. So yeah, we're just hoping, you know, these kids are getting that eight hours of sleep and not up all night playing video games with each other, you yeah. know, like we've known them to do. But um, Oh, yeah. 
we got a huge game, man. I can't say it enough. They're they're explosive. They're scary to watch on film. Yeah, well, th- those of us down here know how big of a game this is, obviously. And like I said, you can throw yeah. the you can throw the record out. Um, this is potentially, you know, I would say the two best teams in our region right now. So it's it's going to be, you know, whether the hype's there or not. Like you said, it's it's going to be a challenge for you guys. And I mean, I'm sure they're facing a lot of challenges as well too. You guys, you know, run a, a offense that teams don't see every week. And, you know, That's it's, right. it's going to be a good game. Obviously, I, you know, I'm going to be coaching too. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't mind watching it myself. But, yeah. uh, you know, obviously good luck to you guys tonight, Coach, and, and, and the rest of the season. And, and we'll definitely be hearing from you again throughout the, the rest of the season. And hopefully that you guys can, can get a victory tonight and, and you know, set up a, a chance to win that first region championship for you and your alma mater. That would be awesome. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, Coach, and good luck to y'all. And uh, super excited to have me on for pretty much this is our first segment, right? Yep. So I'm pretty excited to be on. Hope we can keep this thing rolling. And, you know, go Cobras. Play to win. Let's go. That's right. And that is uh, Coach Brett Fields, uh, one of the founding members of the YCA. And those guys are taking on Goose Creek tonight. And maybe we can get some rapid reactions from them maybe tomorrow if we can can kind of link up or something like that. But – All right, Coach, good luck tonight, man, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. See you, buddy. All right. All right, and we are back here with the YCA podcast, and we have a special treat. My buddy, Coach Caleb Strickland, is live and in the house here. Wasn't sure if we were going to be able to get him on the pod today, but he was able to step away for a few minutes, and now we got a little bit of time to talk to him. Uh, A little background, Coach Strick, as we call him, he is a graduate of Somerville High School and has recently come back home to coach at his alma mater. He's coached at nearby Ashley Ridge, has coached offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, Somerville is one of the premier programs in the state and one of the top teams in the low country year in and year out. And these guys have their sights set on making a deep playoff run this year. Coach Strick, what's up, my man? Oh, not much, brother. How we doing? Everything's good here. I know you're busy on this Friday. I uh, got a couple of questions for you that you might be able to share with us on the YCA podcast here. You ready to rock and roll? Yes, sir. I'm just glad to get it rolling. We've been talking about this for shoot four or five years now, it seems. Oh, yeah. It's time. to we, We're going to get it started, get the YCA going, and, and hopefully it'll take off a little bit, and we'll give everybody a platform to kind of come in and share their thoughts and experiences and things like that. And we are happy to have you on here today, buddy. Sounds good, brother. All right, man, well, we'll start off. So, uh, obviously, you left Ashley Ridge a couple years ago. You've been back home for a couple years. What has it meant to you to be able to come back and coach at your alma mater now? Um, it's, been, it's been an amazing experience, really. You know, just being, being at school, I grew up – well, I mean, I really grew up here. I mean, my dad was an athletic trainer, and he also coached here for a bit. So, I mean, I, I learned how to walk in the uh, Centerville Gymnasium. So uh, you know it's it's a great experience you know being back in the green and gold and you know trying to make a difference in these kids' lives and you know, it's just been awesome really um, this you know Friday nights are just it's just a different different level of, of excitement you get whenever you go in your same locker room that you were in when you played. Yeah, absolutely, man. And honestly, so you know I've been down here for going on seven years now and. You know, even coming through from the upstate, I always knew about Somerville. Like everyone talked about Somerville and Coach McKissick and 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 the kind of program that that place has been. And you know, it's when I moved down here, it even 
it was even better than I thought it was going to be. Just to experience Berkeley versus Somerville and, and the traditions and things like that around here, it's a really special place. And you know, for you, obviously, your your last name carries a lot of weight over there because you like you said, your dad. Your dad spent pretty much his whole career there, and you know, it, it's got to be a special feeling for you to be able to come back. And I, you know, kind of transitioning to the next thing, like. My question is, if anything, what has changed at Somerville since your time as a player as compared to your time now as a coach? Well, obviously, you know, there's there's the change of time. You know, it's a, it's a different area than what it was when I was a kid growing up and even in high school. Um, you know, just, you know, the constant development and amount of people moving in from all over the place. Um, you know, that's obviously a, a major difference. I remember, I remember when Isaiah Square got – got put up in high school we're all hey man this place is big time now and you know, obviously <laughs> it's, it's changed a lot even since then um so I mean, that's obviously a major change um so which you know you're gonna have a different different type of kids you know because of the area is different than what it was um obviously you know cell phones you know kids are constantly you know using social media and stuff which that didn't even exist when we were in school absolutely um yeah, so that's obviously a difference. Um, you know, and then, you know, the game is different than what it was. I mean, it's still football at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just, you know, teams team, teams running read option. Well, I mean, shoot, that's basically if you if you get down to the bare bones, all that is just dang triple option from the gun. Um, you know, when you got that old pop pass there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously different um, there. And then, you know, with – the facility changes, which that was a major improvement, um, long overdue here, uh, with the with the turf field now, and you know with the weight room is top notch. I mean, we were we were still in the stone ages with a lot of stuff here, and those have been those have been huge. And uh, just trying to play catch up. I mean, you know, from coaching in different places and how things are, and you know the Midlands and a lot of upper state schools, you know. Low country, we're still we're still far behind, um, you know, in terms of facilities, um, which you know we've we've done. You know, our head coach, Coach Rafferty's done an amazing job getting getting stuff done in terms of you know getting things built. Um, you know, the Exchange Club has done a great job. Then uh, you know, Jimmy Tupper, um, he's big, big in getting things done for us. But uh, you know, those are probably the biggest changes. Yeah, man, it's like you said, it, it's it is different in different places. And, you know, each area of the I, like I come from the upstate where like there are some things up there that they do a little bit differently that I noticed that, that weren't done down here. But like you said, there there are teams that are trying to do and like what you talked about, you guys added some turf, improved the weight room and stuff like that. And you really upgraded, you know, a program that everyone in the state of South Carolina knows about. And now you're just trying to enhance that and, and make it an even bigger and better brand. And I think you guys are headed in the right direction. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I, there's still, there's still room for improvement as there always will be, but uh, we've definitely, we've definitely taken, taken the, the steps necessary. Now it's just a matter of to continue to build. Absolutely. Well, and so like you, for example, like you played at Somerville and there'll be more stuff that we'll put on as far as content later. And we'll, we'll dive into everybody's past and stuff like that. And, and we'll have you back on and things like that. You played at Somerville. Um, everyone, if you're familiar with high school football in South Carolina, knows about the legend Coach John McKissick. And you were fortunate enough to play for Coach John McKissick. So just talk about the type of impact that he has had on your life. Well, you know, I, I had a different view than a lot of people did. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in the program. 
Um, but I mean, what just amazed me was, you know, when I was playing, you know, he was in his eighties, but just how in touch with everything he was. I mean, I, and I know, but oh, he's old. Like, that, that, that cat still knew what everything that was going. On. He, he was in charge of everything. I mean, he had some great assistant coaches, but you know, coach, coach, coach forgot more football than ninety nine percent of Americans will ever learn. Absolutely. Um, but no, coach, coach was sharp. You know, it was just you know, anytime he spoke, you know, everybody would listen. Um, you know, whether it's a life lesson or a football lesson, you know, anytime coach said something, you wanted to listen. Um, you know, we've actually still got a big, uh, big picture of him in the hallway. You know, with all of his accomplishments, was it you know, five, you know, six hundred and I think what six twenty two wins, something like yeah, that. Yeah, a crazy amount. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, no, nobody, nobody will ever do anything like that again. No way. Um, now I think there's some guy out in Louisiana that's kind of close, but uh. I, mean, I don't really know all the background on that, but you know, with Coach, what he did, you know, from building Somerville, you know, I, I honestly would argue and say that Coach is one of the one of the reasons why Somerville got so big because people, you know, people wanted to come play for him and people wanted to come see Somerville football, and you know, as the town grew, so did Somerville football. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he obviously, um, you know, obviously he's a legend, and he. When you when you think about Somerville football, you think about John McKissick and and the traditions and stuff like that. And you know, I've been fortunate enough to be here. Obviously, I didn't get to coach when he was around. Uh, he kind of stepped away from it already. But still, just knowing the the importance of what he's done for high school football and, like you said, the community around here yeah. is is big time. Um, so uh, you know, obviously, you have that awesome tradition over there at Somerville. Now, as far as your individual coaching career you've actually coached on both sides of the football, which is, you know, a lot of coaches don't have the opportunity to do that, but you've done it. And so talk about the benefits that that has had on your coaching career. Oh, it, it's been great, really. Um, you know, I was an offensive lineman in high school, and actually I think it was my second year of coaching over at the Ridge, and they uh, asked me to coach defensive line, and then, a day later, they paid me the JV defense coordinator, and I was over there doing seven on seven, trying to figure <laughs> out uh, coverages. Um, we'll, we'll trial by fire there. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, it, I, I, I've really enjoyed it. The challenge, you know, now been over here at Starville. This is year three. Um, you know, I, honestly, I think I've coached the same amount of offense as I have defense now because I was you know, O line over at the Ridge for the bulk of that time. Um, after the first. I think my second year went defense, went back to offense. But when I came over here to Somerville, I've been with D-line the whole time. But uh, just just to learn, you know, different ways, and just you know, you, you see you see the game a little bit differently when you've coached both sides of the ball. Um, you know, and just things things that seem to kind of make a little more sense. Um, you know, why uh, teams may do do something a certain way when you've coached both sides. I, I surely don't have all the answers to anything. Um, but, uh, no, it's definitely made me grow as a coach um, for sure. Yeah, that, that's awesome, man. I mean, and, and you know, it's it, like we're doing the YCA and that's kind of what we like sharing that kind of experience and, you know, being able to bring in insights from both sides of the ball. It's not only going to help you, but I mean, you can open up, you know, avenues for other people as well. And that's, you know, that's really what we're doing this for, and that's that's awesome that you've been able to experience both sides of the football this early in your career. And uh, I know that you're going to continue to get better, obviously. Well, um, it's, it's good, too, you know, with 
you know, with coaching, you know, coaching D line, you know, with having my experience of coaching offense, you know, it it makes it easier to translate to my guys, you know, what they're doing up front and kind of explain it and you know stuff, you know, like hey, you know, check check their splits, you know, if if we're if they're if they're all going to be tight, you know, expect the ball to go outside or yeah. or hey, you know, look 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 for pressure on their hand, you know, he might be he's either going to be pulling or passing. And it, it also same thing. It helps you when you watch film. Yep. Um, you can pick up stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, in, in my experience, you know, just just coach. I mean, I've coached some skill positions on offense. I tell my wide receivers all the time, like if if you can play DB, it's only going to make you a better wide receiver. Like if you'll yeah. just learn the ins and outs of that, it's only going to make you better. And that's you know, this kind of same situation there. It's, you know, it's very, if you can, if you're a coach and you're a young coach and you're looking to come up, coach as much as you possibly can and try to learn as much as you possibly can. That's, I'm sure you would probably agree with that. Oh, yeah, no doubt, man. You know, the more you know, the better off you are. Absolutely. All right. Well, so I know you got a little bit of not much time left. So we got one more question. Uh, you guys obviously are coming down the stretch. You got West Ashley tonight, then you got AR next week, and then you finish with the big rivalry game against Fort. Uh, just concerned, obviously, one game at a time. We don't want to look ahead. But uh, just give us some of your keys for tonight for you guys coming away with a victory. Okay. Well, and, you know, uh, you said rivalry, but, I mean, shoot, you know, it's Sarnville. Everybody's, everybody's our rival here. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of what it takes, you know, when, when, when you've been around the longest – um, and with the history of our program, but, uh, you know, going down the stretch, I mean, it, it's just, you know, the keys that just like any, any football game, you know, stop the run and run the football. Well, uh, you know, and if I feel like, you know, defensively, you know, we've been pretty successful this year and, you know, really, you know, stopping the run and the pass, you know, we, we play very physical football and that's what our kids take pride in. That's what our head coach is taking pride in being the most physical team on the field. And so far, you know, we've, we've done a really good job with that. Um, you know, it's been, it's exciting football to watch. Um, and, you know, having, having a good group of kids, you know, we've got guys that have been, a lot of them are in their second, third year of the program. You know, they, they take pride in doing things the right way. You know, finishing reps in the weight room, you know, going hard and practice and, it, and it's all translated. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, it's just old school, you know, Defense, special teams, offense—you know, ball control, not turning the ball over, making plays when you have to, not giving up the big plays. I, mean, I hate to say, you know, the old almost like coach speak there, but I mean, it, it's true though. Yeah. You know, if we if we execute and do what we're supposed to, you know, we you know good things should happen. Um, but you know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, any any given Friday, anything can happen, especially when you're dealing with teenagers. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right about that. I mean, I, and honestly, as someone who's played against you guys year in and year out, you know, obviously everything that you said is true, you know, the physicality part of it and everything. And I know that you guys have a, a good shot at, at making a deep playoff run. And as a friend and someone who's not in your region anyway, we are definitely pulling for you guys and hope that you guys can make a deep run. And, you know, obviously – you know, we, we're struggling a little bit where I'm at, but that's okay because, you know, it's a learning experience everywhere. But, you know, we've been the – you go through ups and downs as coaching and the coaching aspects of things, and, you know, you're going to learn from it no matter what. But pulling for you guys, you got anything else for us tonight before we sign off? Oh, no, I appreciate it, man. You know, and I, uh, you talk about struggles. You know, I've been on I've been on some staffs, you know, where we had we, – we, we struggled as well. Um, you know, over at the Ridge, you know, we – 
we had we, some years we even felt like we had good teams and it just it didn't work out for us. Um, but you know that's that's football. You know it it's a uh, it's a very very strange game. Um, you know there's some years you feel you feel like you're gonna win win the dang region and then the next thing you know you're struggling. Um, yeah. But you know that's just kind of how it works out sometimes. But I know y'all y'all will get it figured out at some point and you know things will things will get better. Um, but you know obviously get, keep keep the confidence up and stay positive there. But uh, you know in terms of us, you know it's like you said earlier, you know one game at a time because as soon as you look ahead, that's when uh, that's when you get that's that's when it, that's when it happens. Things start to fall apart. You know? Yeah. Especially especially when you're dealing with teenagers. That's right. It is high school football. Yep. All right. Well, that Coach Strick, man, we appreciate you joining us, taking time away from your busy day. I know you guys are, are getting ready to go out and, and hopefully win a big football game tonight. We appreciate you taking some time and joining us here on the YCA podcast, and we look forward to hearing from you soon, man. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Next time we do this, we got to do it during, like, cookout or something. That's right. Hey, Strick brings the food, baby. That's what we like to hear. So, all right, buddy. All right, dude. We'll see you later. Good luck tonight. All right. All right, we're back here, the YCA podcast on this Friday afternoon. We have special guest number three joining us for the day, one of the other original co-founders of the YCA, the Young Coaches Association. I got my guy here, Coach Stephen Davis. Coach Davis, what's up, my man? What's up, Coach Willis? Appreciate you having me today. Yeah, man, excited to have you here. So, a little background on Coach Davis. Uh, coach Davis is entering year number two as the head baseball coach at Timberland High School. He's a former assistant and pitching coach at Stratford High School. Coach Davis went to Bowling Springs High School where he won a state championship. And he is, like I said, he is one of the founding members of the YCA. So, Coach Davis, he's coached some football before as well. He's not coaching football this year, focusing just on the baseball team and his program at Timberland High School as he's entering year two. So, Coach Davis, going to jump right into some questions here for you. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. So, entering year number two of your first head coaching job, talk about your first season as head coach and how it compared to your expectations. Um, man, it was exciting. Uh, best way I can think about it, I've been thinking about this all day and how I can best describe this to some guys that haven't been head coaches or have aspirations to be head coaches. It's almost like that first time you get behind the wheel of a car. You know, you've been sitting in the passenger seat or the back seat and you watch somebody drive. And you're like, man, I can I can do that. I've watched them do that for four or five years or, or 10 years. I, I can do this. And you, you may even think I could do this better than the guy that was doing it. And then you get behind the wheel and you're like, man, this is exhilarating. <laughs> this is exciting. It's also scary. You know, when you when you hit that first speed bump or you, you spin out or you – you have a fender bender here for the first time and you guys sit there and say, all right, now what do I do? Now I'm the one that's got to get it back in between the lines. So from that aspect, it was exciting. It was scary, um, but it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. We did some things this year that, that I'm proud of um, some, some milestones in the program. The one thing that I really love about being at a lower level is the record doesn't always tell the whole story. Um, we won some games this year. We, we beat some teams that we had that some parents had told me we hadn't beaten in five, six years. Uh, won a playoff game, hosted a playoff game, played for a district championship. So it was exciting stuff. Um, one thing I will say 
moving forward as I learn and, and grow as a head coach and, and some advice for, for younger coaches is, you know, obviously everybody's going to go in with a plan. They're going to go in with a standard and say, Hey, we want to do this, 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 and this. Expectations are, are hard as a head coach. And I think expectations change between when you're an assistant coach and when you're a head coach. I remember looking at our record at the beginning of the last year, man, thinking we're going to win 14 games. You know, we got a chance to win a region championship. And that's, that's me thinking that that's me high expectations want to go out there and win. And, and that's tough. You can end up beating your head against the wall when you don't win a game that you think you ought to win. And it's a process and, and it's, it's tough. And that's something I've had to learn. Um, but, you know, personally, your expectations are going to be high as a head coach. It doesn't matter who your team is. So it's something that, that I've got to learn. It's still exciting, still new to me, still trying to, to figure things out. So it, it was fun. It was exciting. But, again, it's like first time getting behind the wheel of a car. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, if you're a head coach and you don't have high expectations, you're, you're probably not in the right. And why are you, yeah, why would you yeah. be a head coach? So. Yeah, they're, they're, you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. You should be doing something else. And it, I mean, here's the good thing about what we're doing here at YCA. So you got coach Davis. He's a young head coach. It's his second going into his second year. We're not all going to sit in here and pretend like we have all the answers. It's it, that's not what this is for. This is a platform for, all coaches. I mean, it's the Young Coaches Association, but it's a platform for people to come in and talk about their experiences and, and to share ideas and things like that. But you know, you got Coach Davis, who's a head coach, one of the few of us that are, and it's at such a, a young age, and it's good to hear, you know, the the positives and the negatives and things like that. And that's what we're doing this for. So well, we we always talk <clears throat> about having a plan. Having a plan is huge. Absolutely. The, the thing that I would say, if if that's point. A point B of having a plan is understand that plans that plan's going to change almost immediately because sure. what what every assistant coach is doing is they're creating a plan for a program they don't run yet and and you're you're catering this plan to most of the time the guys you're coaching right now and rarely do you get that opportunity to take over a program that you're already at so you le- you leave and you get the opportunity to go run a program and now you've got all new kids. And some of your plan may work and some of it may not. And you have to constantly be reevaluating and self-evaluating and, and looking at, well, how do, where does my plan go from here? Yeah. So it's important to have a plan, but that plan is not written in stone. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you're going into your second year and, you know, we've talked because, you know, we're friends and we've known each other for a long time. We talked about when to take a chance on a head coaching job or something like that. So, my question is, is when you're trying to decide when is the right time to take a chance on a head coaching job, what about the Timberland job told you that it was the right time? They were buying what I was selling. I think if, if you wait for that perfect situation, you're going to be waiting a very long time. Again, it's it's rare that, that you get to move up in, in certain parts. I'm not saying guys have never done it. Um, I knew what my goal was. You and I talked about it. It had been my goal when I was 30. I said by 35, I want to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. And our profession is so different than anybody else's. When that op- You may get an opportunity one year and then not get another opportunity for another 10. And I think that there's never a right time. And, you know, 
for me, it was my first time really leaving somewhere that I liked. I enjoyed where I was at. It was a breakup. I mean, if you really want to go through the analogy and try to relate to some people that maybe are just coming across this, but it's it's a breakup. I, I really liked where I was at. I, I have no ill will, um, but an opportunity came up, and and it's like you know buying that first house. You, you're not going you're not going to move into a mansion. So if you're waiting for the mansion, you're going to be waiting for a very very long time. And so. Um, it was a it's a great place to be it's a good community um they need they needed somebody that came that would come in that would care that that wanted to to do the right by the kids and it it was a good fit for me so i knew i had to make a move um and if it's not scary it's probably not right to begin with you sure. know it was it was tough if you wait for the right time it's it's you're going to be waiting a long time yeah, man, that, that, that's a good point that you make because some people do get stuck and, and don't ever take that chance and they never even have a chance to fulfill, you know, what they might could become. Which, so. which is fine. I mean, there's and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and that's the thing about our profession. Again, that's different from anybody else's. You can be in a role at a school that you like and be there for 25 years and nobody will say anything and, and you'll be fine if that's what you if that's your goal. I had an, I saw this opportunity come up and looking around our region and looking around our area, I really didn't see anything else coming open in the next five to seven years. And I said, well, uh, if, if you're, it's like going out to want to buy a house. Well, you're trying to buy a house and someone said, oh, well, you can, you can buy my house. And you go, oh, well, I don't, I don't want that house anymore. <laughs> you know? And, and so somebody I interviewed, they, liked what I had to say. And I said, all right, we're going to give you a chance. Well, I'm going to go take that chance and let's see if the product I'm trying to sell is something people want to buy. Yeah. Um, so, and obviously, you know, Timberlands is, is a, is a two way program around here. And so for you individually, you played at the highest level in high school baseball, obviously Bowling Springs at the time was four, a big 16, you guys won state championship. So you, you've played it at, at a big time program. And then you come to Stratford at a 5A program now that we have five classifications in the biggest classification. And then now you go to a lower level. So the question is, is talk about some of the challenges that you have faced going from an assistant at a 5A program to being the head coach of a lower level program. The resources. I mean, everybody will talk about that. We, But the kids don't change. I mean, we've still got kids that want to work hard and want to play baseball and it's, it's been a battle for resources. The I've started with scratch from a program that had 25 kids in it between the two teams. So numbers are an issue. So trying to find a way to recruit kids to come into the program, um, <clears throat> getting the resources. When I, when I interviewed for the job, I was told, hey, well, how much do you need to coach baseball? I said, well, ma'am, I don't need a lot. If I need a whole lot, I wouldn't be a very good baseball coach. She said, well, good, because we don't have a whole lot. <laughs> And so, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge you got to buy into though. So, and, and I, we've got kids that have bought into trying to do more with less than what some people have. And that's a mindset and it's a, it's a mental toughness thing. So, you know, we're trying to build out there. We're trying to fundraise. We're trying to do some things to get stuff out there, equipment out there. But that's the biggest difference is, is, you know, the 5A area, 
and just recently, I think every 5A school now in, in Berkeley County has a covered cage. You know, we still have a single t- single tunnel cage out there um, that's not covered and got holes in the net. And, you know, we're, we're working on it, but it's a challenge, but I like the challenge. So, you know, it's exciting for us to, to see the program grow and see the numbers grow and see the facilities. We got a new school board out there over the summer, a uh, new press box. So we're, we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and just from, just from, you know, obviously being around you and being around the program a little bit and, and see not, we see some of the, the progress that you're trying to make and it seems like everything's going in the right direction. So now you're in the off season. So here's the off season and you know, it's, it's different. So you used to coach football, but now you're just focusing on baseball. So you're in the off season right now. What are some of your goals for your team during this off season? Weight room has been a big thing. It's been a big push. Uh, trying to get guys in the weight room and recruiting. I mean, we're taking anybody that's got uh, warm blood and and can can breed. So it's it's been a focus. And I think if, if you're going to run a program and you're going to be successful, first thing you got to do is get kids to buy into the weight room because that's where you'll breed some mental toughness and some competition before you ever get out on the field. So the weight room has been a big deal. They have changed the open season rules this year, so we can actually practice now in October. So we're, we're focusing on two days in the weight room, two days out on the field. Being in a smaller school, it's a challenge because I've still got guys playing football. Yeah. So you know, most of my, a lot of my guys play football. So I, got, I can really develop the younger JV guys, the 7th and 8th graders that are coming out there, and we can get some individual work. I told my assistant coaches, I said, we're going to treat open season almost like a private lesson we got a number to where we can split them up and have a coach at each group. And, and I'm really going to focus this off season on building my staff, which we've added some guys and getting them up to speed and getting them where, where uh, I want them to be in our program and building relationships with the new guys. So we're, we're focusing on focusing on that and, and still trying to get some plans together for some new facility upgrades um, so we we're, we're pretty busy right now. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, obviously the off season is definitely a time for you to work on specific things. And so kind of the final question we have for you during this segment is about strengths, weaknesses of your team. So what were some of your team strengths last year and what were some of their weaknesses that you'd like for them to improve on going into year two? I had a really resilient group last year. They, they were really resilient. They, Loved playing baseball. They soaked up everything I gave them. Um, they were a sponge. They wanted to compete. They wanted to win. And it was fun to watch them grow from game one to game 25. So it was that was a big part of our group is their resiliency. Um, some things that, that really hurt us last year, we didn't really – score the runs when we got them on base. I think we left 70 guys on base throughout the year. So, you know, something we really need to improve on is, is when we get guys on, we need to get them in. Some of that starts with the mental toughness and approach at the plate. When you're uncomfortable in situations with two outs, runners on, you know, you, you've got to be able to battle and get those guys in. So I really want to focus and, and grow with the mental toughness moving forward. And, and a lot of that will come from the weight room and, and really just maturity being out there more, being in those situations more often. It's hard to win when you've never won. 
So we, we were in situations last year where it was right there for us. And, you know, when you haven't been in that situation, you revert back to what you know. And so we, we have to find a way to get over that hump this year. And some of the experiences this past year will definitely help us moving forward. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, obviously I know you, um, the YCA community, you know, just know that Coach Davis, he's coming from a successful program and he knows what it looks like and, and he's working hard. And, you know, and that's what we're here for. Obviously, we have a lot of football guys on today and it's, you know, football season right now. But big, co- week, big co- week for some of y'all. Yeah, I mean, and coaches coaches don't take like breaks, though. I mean, like just because it's the off season doesn't mean coaches are sitting around at home you know, twiddling their thumbs. I mean, obviously you took time. Obviously you got a, a kid at home and a wife and took some time out to come over and, and, and you know, give some knowledge and share some insight. And, you know, we appreciate that. And, and we're looking forward to seeing what year two is going to be like for Timberland High School. It's uh, exciting times. And, you know, anything else you want to leave us with? It, it's a great place to be. That I never saw the stands empty. There was always standing room only at home games. Y'all were there for a playoff game. You saw the the atmosphere. It's it's really a great place, and and I'm excited to see what the future holds out there in St. Stephen, South Carolina. Yeah, man, it's a good place. And uh, you know, like I said, we're looking forward to seeing progress in year two and and coming to some more playoff games. So uh, that's why YCA podcast. This is our third segment here. That's Coach Davis. Appreciate you, Coach Willis. Yeah, man. Appreciate you coming by. We'll talk to you soon. All right, and that's all we've got today for today's YCA podcast. Again, today is October 14th, 2022. Uh, Good first show. We had interviews from Coach Brett Fields, Coach Caleb Strickland, and Coach Stephen Davis. We look forward to putting together some more content for everybody soon. And talking to these guys maybe tomorrow, maybe sometime early next week. But uh, just looking to build this YCA podcast into a platform for for coaches anywhere, everywhere. If you listen to it, you want to come talk to us, come join us, whatever. Bring it on. Uh, the more the merrier. So uh, until ne- next time, we'll see you. And I'll, in the words of Michael Scott, catch you on the flippity flip. <laughs>